Hello and welcome to the Money Morning Podcast. I've got an excellent guest on today. It's Beju Thacker of Dr. Care Anywhere, an ASX-listed telehealth company, which is in the UK, it's in Ireland, and it's also in Australia. They do some very interesting things that increase the efficiency of the healthcare system, specifically giving you access to a doctor when you need it. Uh, and I think it's an absolutely fascinating chat with Beju. He runs us through how the business works and how it is looking to improve healthcare systems, not just in the UK and Australia, but around the world eventually. So definitely check it out. Here's me and Beju. Well, welcome, Beju. I'm very excited to have you on today. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, just in Melbourne here, it's a beautiful day, but... Uh, but what I really want to talk about is uh, doctor care anywhere. So uh, telehealth is a very exciting theme in the market right now uh, with people moving away from the brick and mortar approach to seeing a doctor. Could you tell us a bit about how doctor care anywhere fits into the telehealth landscape? Absolutely. I think, I think the thing to say, look, is the telehealth has actually been exciting for probably about 20 years. Yeah. Um, you know, it's clearly been exacerbated by um, COVID, and there's no doubt about that. But really, Dr. Care Anywhere has been around since 2013, and it's been there to try and solve some of the huge structural issues that exist, particularly in, in the UK. You know, you may know over here, we have to wait sometimes three or four weeks to see a GP. We have now specialist wait times that are sometimes six months or 12 months, and to try and provide a different type of services where you can access people much faster through a digital modality. It's just much better for health, come, health outcomes. And that's where we really came in 2013. I'm a former, um, as you know, practicing clinician. I really wanted to get in, suck in, and solve that access problem. And, and that's what we've been doing. We particularly fit in in, in, uh, in the first instance in the UK. We've been serving the private market. We go to market through channel partners like big insurers, big hospital groups who want us to provide better access to their members. And on top of that, provide better joined up care for their members. So we provide access to our employed general practitioners, our employed specialists on our proprietary platform, and then join up patient pathways, really try and make things as simple for the patient and, and simple for the doctor as possible. Well, having spent two years in London myself, I can definitely relate to that, uh, that wait time. So it definitely sounds uh, like you're solving quite a pressing issue there. Um, I'd also note that, uh, particularly in light of the last difficult couple of years that mental health is increasingly front and center of people's minds. And uh, I noticed recently you picked up GP to you uh, via an acquisition and psych to you. I was hoping you could, uh, I was hoping you could run us through what happened there and why, why you wound up acquiring these companies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's we're really delighted to, to have entered the Australian market and, and, you know, to, to partner with such a really established company like GP2 and Psych2 that's also been around actually based from about 2013-14 in Australia. Again, an indication that telehealth has been brewing for a long time, in particular tele-mental health. I think sadly, we all know that mental health pressures have been increasing exponentially and again been made worse by COVID. And it's particularly difficult for people in rural and remote regions to access high quality psychologists and psychiatrists. And we in picking up GP2 and Psych2, what we want to be able to do is support GP practices who don't necessarily have that access for their patients, particularly in rural and regional areas in Australia, to be able to provide people with great mental health care. And this is really building off the fact that 
you know, in the UK, we're now covering about 2.4, 2.5 million patients uh, and, and doing well north of 35,000 consults a month. And we've really grown rapidly over the last couple of years and expecting, uh, as you know, to, to grow another 100% this year. So this felt like a great time to grow internationally and particularly focus on mental health, which is something very close to me and be able to support the Australian system in, in solving a real problem in those rural and remote areas. Delighted to be supporting the, the GP2 Site 2 team. And now I'm going to talk a bit about, uh, or at least I'm going to ask you a bit about how you, you, the business model works, sort of the specifics here. Two, I noticed two of your key metrics there are eligible lives and activated lives, and you're sort of seeking to get growth across these two metrics. Could you sort of talk us through how you define that and I guess how you generally measure success within your business? Well, what might help is just to go straight into how, how do we actually make money? Um, and as I said, we, we in the UK is, is the best example. We cover about two and a half million um, patients. A number of those come from the insurance market. And the health insurer, we cover the second largest health insurer in the UK called AXA Health. And they pay for us. So there's no out-of-pocket expense for the patient. The insurer pay for us on behalf of, of, of the patient. So a patient, if they're covered, so all those lives are eligible. Those two and a half million lives are eligible. Once they've actually registered their account, by that you put in your email, you've verified your identity, you've gone through the security checks, you're activated. And we know that activated is important because that's usually the spark that triggers a use of the platform, i.e. I want to register and now I know I'm going to use it. When they use it, we get paid £45 by the insurer. But because we've done something entirely unique in the UK, which we've integrated and joined up primary care, diagnostics and secondary care, once we get that paid, that £45, if Lachlan, I then send you for some tests, we get paid a further £50. And then we'll have one of our specialist consultants review those results. We get paid a further £60. And then the GP will follow up with you afterwards and we get paid a further £45. So what we've done is join up a pathway to take a £45 interaction, turned it into £200. And with a blended margin that's much higher than it normally would be, in fact, that, the whole of that over those, all those pathways could be north of 50%, which is absolutely great in, in health services um, when, when we do that. So that's been a unique thing that we've done here. That's where we make money. And that's where we do spend time working on activating lives. So people know they have the service. That's effectively what it means. When they know when they've registered, they will use it. And that pathway I described actually saves the insurer about 20% whilst providing a much better, faster service for the patient. So it's a true win-win. And that's one of the advantages of, of, of technology that you know, we wanted to bring to bear to the health system. I noticed that you, uh, you mentioned AXA. Uh, I, I was hoping you could speak a bit on uh, the partnerships, uh, how they work. I mean, you mentioned it saves them 20%, but uh, who, who else have you got on board at the moment? Um, so we think about uh, partnerships, uh, we think about DCA really as being the partner of choice for big health, either insurers or hospital groups or players like retail pharmacy who have a right to play in healthcare. So we work with AXA, as you know, we work with big hospital groups like Nuffield in the UK. What we're doing at the moment is building a unique proposition with them where we integrate into their in-person GP services so that you have a seamless journey between online and offline. Where we always look to improve the system is how do you integrate things that are disjointed? So AXA is a good example where we've integrated virtual GP and in-person diagnostics. And with Nuffield, a hospital group, 
We're integrating virtual GP with in-person GP, so you can do a whole gamut of services. But enough good, of course, that's good because they're able to build their hospitals from their commercial point of view appropriately, always clinically appropriately. Whereas with a pharmacist, we partnered with Boots in Ireland, which you might have seen recently. We've launched yep. in the Irish market, which is great. Well, we're integrating there, thinking about, well, it's good for Boots because clearly we can, when, when people have their consultations with us, they're going into their stores to pick up their prescriptions. It's driving footfall. So again, it's an integrated, more seamless journey. We've also partnered with Allianz, the big German insurer, providing IPMI services across Europe. So a huge amount of integration potential there with their local diagnostic services uh, in European markets. And actually, you asked me about GPTU. That's another good example of joining things up because that's about joining up existing GP practice services with tele-mental health to provide a more seamless mental health journey. And this, for me, is the key thing that I want the companies to keep on doing is can we, in different markets, things are different, right? Not everything is the same. You can't have the same operating model everywhere. That would just be, it doesn't work yeah. like that. And a lot of localization, but what is true is that healthcare is very fragmented. So we want to play our role in helping joining up different bits to make it better for the patient and more economical for the payer and therefore be the partner of choice for people who are playing in this space. And we've done it now with a number of partners. So excited to keep on expanding internationally and, and working on those. Well, you certainly mentioned Allianz there. So I, I was wondering, could you please tell us uh, sort of what markets you're in? Um, mm-hmm. I know you've made the GP2U acquisition in Australia. You're, you're in Ireland, you're in the UK. But uh, what, uh, what specific markets are you looking at most uh, for that next step, would you say? So well, on top of those, I mean, it's been a very busy year. Look, we, we, yeah. you know, we listed December the 4th last year and we were, we were UK-based and now we're UK, Ireland, Australia and Pan-European through, um, through Alliance. So, so I think really, you know, 22 will be about driving those forward because there's so much opportunity. Um, you know, in terms of new markets, we do keep an eye out clearly around because this is such a fast-growing space and there is a lot of consolidation. We do believe we can be one of the global winners, particularly outside the US, if we move move fast. Um, I think that at the moment, English-speaking countries are still of most interest to us. So the, the reason being there is because we, you know, it's obviously easier to move into those countries. They've got similar health systems, uh, they've got similar health needs, and they've often got reciprocal registration and clinical registration rights. Uh, and there are no real winners in those countries. So that's why we're we're thinking about that and how we can support the local ecosystems improve. But of course, there is fast growth in Asia. There is fast growth in Latin America. So we'll keep our eyes open. And when it makes sense to do so, of course, we'll, we'll look to move into them. But the predominant priority is really being able to drive forward those countries we have entered into, making sure we're really successful in the UK with our big partners, proving those business cases that we mentioned. In driving forward Australia, I really want to be able to look and say, look, how, you know, did we support the mental health needs of the population there, working alongside, not in competition with the GP practices, existing ones? Uh, and in Ireland, of course, which is very much a private pay market, that's just providing much better access for people and reducing those wait times. That's what I think the company needs to look to and be proud of at the end of 22. Uh, and, and of course, like I said, we will keep our eyes open for other international countries, but they're my priorities for now. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to slip in a, a little bonus question here. It's sort of what are, what are your views on customer stickiness? So um, when someone uses Dr. Care anywhere for the first time, You've you've got the user interface, you know. What uh, are, you, are you finding that when customers try telehealth for the first time, they actually really really enjoy the experience? They get to do it from the comfort of their home, or uh, or sort of what what do you think? What are your thoughts on uh, customer stickiness in telehealth? Yeah. So 
I, I think it's a super important question for everyone who's in this space. So in, initially, yes, you hit the nail on the head where someone's gone, right, I've just used a service. I've been in the comfort of my own home. I've waited. I've chosen my own time, let alone waited. I haven't had to sit in a, sit in a, you know, a waiting room, a GP practice or walk across town. And my drugs just got delivered to me. I've, I've had to do nothing. This is amazing. That's been the first shift. And we already see a repeat where someone will use it another 1.2 to 1.8 times within a 12-month period. Once they've used it once, we know we're getting that recurring revenue stream back from a, from a using patient. However, in the future, and where I think people will start to differentiate themselves, is the ability to provide more continuous, continuous care. So why, you know, for me as a clinician, I don't just want to be able to provide transactional services. I want to be able to provide joined up mental health services, chronic disease management, female health, children health. So when people become, this is becoming very normal, right? So people, people's expectations will increase, but also clinicians' expectations will increase. Clinicians want to know they can look after their patients fully and wholly. So for me, the stickiness will go from what we were just describing to can you provide me complete care, even if that's just navigating you around the system. And I think that will be really important. So from a capability point of view, where we're driving the company is to make sure we can start building, putting those building blocks in place of continuous care, joining up pathways. And of course, what we're going to have to do, because in all healthcare, there is a, you know, you've got a, a, an expensive and constrained workforce, right? There are not enough doctors on the planet. There are not enough nurses on the planet. The smart thing is how you do, how do you triage to the right ones? Do you lock and need to see a nurse? Do you need to see a pharmacist? Do you need to see a GP? And we're building those systems that will make sure people can do that. So now is, it's deeply exciting, but I've also got our eye on where, what's the world going to look like in five years' time when this, when the stickiness has gone from that's way better than my alternative to actually this is now the norm, so I expect everything. Yeah, uh, you know, and that, and that's where we also, as a company, are, are thinking about putting those building books in, in place. Well, that's that's absolutely fascinating. Uh, it's, it's sort of the intersection of economics with the Hippocratic Oath. So I really like your approach there. And it's clear that you're sort of thinking deeply about not just today, but uh, how to evolve doctor care anywhere in the future. So I really appreciate that. Finally, I'm going to ask you, how do you see the next couple of years? You alluded to 2022 before. How do you see the next couple of years playing out for doctor care anywhere? Where, and more specifically, what are the milestones that you're looking to knock down? Yeah, so I think in, in that in that shorter term, it's really about driving that growth through our uh, you know our AXA channel, where we continue to activate lives. We continue to see more go through what we call the internet hospital journey. That's the virtual GP, diagnostic specialist, joined up care. I saw see more patients go through that. And the the second thing is, of course, is, is seeing our knuckled relationship really come to life, where we're joining up virtual GP and in person GP services seeing Ireland really take off and seeing our Australian business that we've just bought, um, you know, really support the mental health demand that's in the market. So those say sort of shorter, shorter term things. And the next block of things that we're really looking at are those capabilities. Have we expanded our proposition suite so we can provide continu continuous care? And are we able to smart triage into the right, um, into the right condition so that we can optimize a workforce and be more economical, but deliver better outcomes for our patients. Um, and, and they're really the things I'm, I'm thinking about over the next, you know, well, thinking about them now, but hope to see come to fruition over the next 12 and then 36 months. Well, it's certainly an exciting time for your company. Uh, I found this uh, to be a really fascinating chat, and I'm 
I'm really grateful for your time, Beju. Uh, Doctor Care Anywhere. It's a it's a fascinating company, and I would I would just say thank you, and thank you for waking up so early to talk to us. <laughs> not not at all, Lockton. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, have a lovely day, Beju. Thank you. Okay, see ya. Hey, that was a great chat I just had with Beju Thacker of Doctor Care Anywhere. It's a really interesting company because it is all about improving outcomes for both patients and clinicians, as well as improving the efficiency of healthcare systems, which is certainly on a lot of investors' minds at the moment. As always, like, subscribe, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you.